Well, good Sunday evening. I uh, hope that you're uh, able to join us tonight. Maybe you got an alert today, uh, just a few moments ago, that we're going live. Maybe you've been waiting for that uh, to come on. But whatever the case, if you got alerted, go to it and uh, and get on the on the uh, the live stream. If not, uh, if you're already there, share it with somebody else. Like the page. Check in. And uh, we're glad to see you on Sunday night. Uh, take just a moment and uh, let others know and share this with people that uh, you might have uh, in your friend group. And I want to uh, encourage you to do that. This, this is a great way to uh, invite family and friends to the Word of God. Tonight we're going to talk about a very important subject and one that uh, I think needs to be needs to be really lived out in the lives of Christians. And so I hope that you'll join us tonight. Hey, we had a wonderful day uh, in our service this morning, our Adult Bible Fellowships. What a wonderful attendance, a great spirit. I walked around a little bit to this morning and just got to poke my head into a couple different classes and just a tremendous spirit. And I'm so grateful for um, what the Lord is doing in our Adult Bible Fellowships. We've got so much more to accomplish there. We've got a lot of uh, great things for the future. And, and, and as we um, develop more classes and small groups and care groups within classes, uh, there's just um, so much left on, um, uh, on our plate. And so we're looking forward to what God has for us in the future as we grow day by day. But we had a wonderful spirit in the service. I enjoyed the singing today. Um, it was a the beautiful song, some of those old hymns. I love to sing uh, those those great songs that we sang today, and it just seemed like you were ready to be there, and I'm thankful for that. We had a good number of guests today, and I'm grateful for the hospitality, and many of you went out of your way to make people feel welcome, and uh, I thank you for that. I know that the Lord um, is honored by that as well, so let's do that every service Grateful for that. Uh, looking forward to our Wednesday nights these next few weeks. Uh, we're going to be having our witness and action classes, and so they'll be kicking off this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. If you've not yet registered, maybe you forgot to register today, you didn't sign the sheet, go on the Church Center app, go down on the right-hand corner to the where it says More, click in, and it has sign-ups, and you can click on that. It'll show you um, how to sign up for Witness in Action and just put your name on the list. And it's very simple to use once you get in there and begin using that. That will really help us to get everybody signed up. If you've already signed up on the paper, then don't worry about that. But, uh, but we do want everyone signing up so that we know how to prepare each class and what classes need to be prepared. So uh, let's get those, let's get those um, classes registered and we, we'll be looking forward to a great time. Every class is going to have the same um, curriculum. We're, we're making sure that we have multiple classes, not because we're teaching multiple things. We're teaching one thing, and really it is a, uh, a great course on the introduction to what soul winning is and how to start those conversations within our, our, our sphere of influence, our friends, our family, our coworkers, those that we come in contact with throughout the week how to start conversations about the gospel. And so it'll be very helpful and then you'll have great confidence of where to go in that conversation, how to answer some questions. Um, I think it's gonna be very profitable for all of us. Um, and so th that'll begin this Wednesday night, 7 p.m. 
That will be our Bible study for the week and uh, the next few weeks. That will be our Bible study. We'll be meeting together and really um, studying how to um, be a witness. We're going to do this in groups that uh, are a little smaller. And so we want you to, to get into a group that you're going to feel um, most comfortable in learning in. Um, you can come as couples. You can go to an all men's class, all ladies class. And we'll have, we'll have everything re ready for you, prepared for you. And I know that you're going to be benefited by it, blessed by it. And I believe we're going to see a lot of fruit um, as we really know and, and are emboldened in our witness for Christ. Uh, I've seen in recent days, there is a great hunger for truth and people really looking for the gospel. And, and those conversations come much easier now. And so we want Christians that are equipped in this. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, which means to set him um, apart, ahead, above, preeminently in your heart. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to everyone that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Fear is respect and meekness is with, um, with a gentleness, with with a, a, an ability to handle the situation. And so uh, it's meekness is really an old English word that came from, from breaking horses. We call it breaking a horse, but they, the old English word is they meeked a horse. He was meeked, it was strength under control. And so as a Christian, as we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, ready, that's what that verse says, sanctify the Lord God and be ready, be ready. And so when we're ready, and we have power under control. We don't have to be a bully. We don't have to get up on a, on a box and preach at people. We don't have to go out into the world and condemn the world. But we can be ready to give them the message of hope that is in us. And so we're going to help you with that and prepare you. And so if, if, you, if you've done this before, I think it's a great refresher to go through that again. And I know that the Lord will use it in your life and our church's life and then in many lives to come. Uh, folks yet saved. And so we're looking forward to that. Um, and so don't forget baby shower this week um, for uh, Crystal Duncan. That'll be on Saturday. Ladies, you can uh, uh, see more information about that um, in the church office and, and uh, through announcements. And so hopefully you heard that today. And I know there's a few things online on our Facebook page and you can go and see the registry. So be praying about that. Uh, it was a joy to see uh, several get saved today and come to know Christ as Savior. And I know the Lord really worked in the service today as we were going through the book of Acts. And so tonight, uh, I want you to be finding the book of 2 Timothy. Find 2 Timothy and, and put a marker there. And we're going to go to a couple other passages of scriptures as we start. 2 Timothy chapter 1, put a marker there. And then we'll go uh, to just a couple of different places and bef before we jump into the message tonight. Um, as I look at uh, the, the day and age that God has called us to minister in, uh, I think we have coming into um, these classes that we're going to be doing on Wednesday nights, um, I look at these classes as massive opportunity to equip God's people. Our mission statement in our church is threefold. Number one, to exalt Jesus Christ in everything we do and say in all of our singing, in all of our preaching, um, in the worship, and the word of God, we wanna exalt Jesus Christ. Number two, we wanna equip believers. 
We want to we want to do that through maturity and ministry. We want to disciple and help Christians grow in spiritual maturity and then plug into ministry and get involved with developing and deploying their spiritual gifts within the church, equipping the believers to do that so that the work of God is strengthened. And then thirdly, we want to evangelize the world. And th- these classes on Wednesday night are going to fulfill all three uh, pillars of our mission statement. They're, it's going to exalt Jesus Christ. It's going to equip you as a believer. And then thirdly, it's going to help us evangelize the world by reaching our neighbors and the nations. And and so as we do this, um, as we're coming into these uh, these lessons this week, and over the, over the next month, as we really focus on being a witness, there is something that I think hinders Christians, and I think something that is uh, a, a constant state in our world. And we're going to talk about that tonight, because many Christians are hindered by this, and the world oftentimes is um, reacting to this in really bad ways. And so we as Christians need to have a biblical understanding about this subject tonight, so that we can go forward into this world boldly and equipped to do the work that God has called us to do. And what we're talking about is, uh, look with me, please, in uh, Luke, in uh, Luke's gospel. Look back at the, the gospel of Luke and chapter 21. Find this in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. And look with me in verse number uh, 26. This is, of course, in Luke 21, Jesus is speaking about the last days and really about the days of the great tribulation and just prior to that. Uh, but watch what he says in verse number 26. He says, um, men's hearts failing them for fear. In verse number 26, he said, in verse 25, he says, and there should be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and upon earth distress of nations with perplexity. That's a, that's a really interesting word. Uh, the nations are in distress and there is absolutely confusion and no answer. They are perplexed. There is, there is this urgency and no one seems to have an answer. And the Bible says in verse 26, um, it's, it's like the sea and the waves roaring and men's hearts failing them for fear or because of fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then, when the world is in this paralyzed, perplexed state of fear, then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. That's at the end of that tribulation when Christ comes at the end of the tribulation for the millennium. But what I want you to see is, in the last days, the distress of the nations, the perplexity of, of the leaders and the people. Everyone is in this state of perplexed uh, condition, confusion, looking for answers, not finding answers. And the world is in great fear and men's hearts literally failing them for fear. Notice with me, if you will, in the book of Revelation, Revelation, and uh, in, in the last book of the Bible, chapter 21 uh, this is after all of that and the and the Bible's teaching about men coming to their end destination. The righteous, of course, have been raised 
to in that resurrection to life everlasting. And the dead or the unsaved are raised for eternal punishment and damnation. And we already saw the, the great glory that the Christian will get to inhabit in heaven where there's no sorrow, no death, no tears, no crying, no pain. All of that is wonderful. But if you look at verse number eight, it says, but the fearful, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It's interesting when you look at the classifications of the people who are going to be cast into the lake of fire, the very first thing in that category is the fearful, the fearful. Uh, there's a reason for that because fear and faith do not exist in the same plane. Uh, a heart that is overcome with fear, when they're fearful or full of fear or controlled by fear, that's a heart that is not a heart of faith or controlled by faith. And here we see in the last days and with the condition of the lost world that they are fearful. And that ought not to be the state of the Christian. A Christian ought not to be a fearful individual. Look with me in, um, look with me please, in um, 2 Timothy chapter one. And I want you to see one verse here. We're gonna read several verses here, but look at verse number seven. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, Christian, I wanna to speak tonight on how to win the fight with fear. And I want you to, to listen carefully because this is a fearful world. Uh, many, many of us, have experienced fear in real ways the last couple years. Many were, were, were really fearful um, of the virus. Many were fearful of government overreach. Many, many feared the collapse of society. Some are fearful of the economy and where that is going. Some fear the state of politics. And um, we live in a world of crime. Remember the riots in 2020 and we're fearful of the unrest and and uh, the, the unruliness and the rioting and all of the things that we've seen in recent days. And, and I wanna tell you, you can see the distress of nations. People's hearts are full of fear today. Uh, I'm looking at what's happening over in Russia and Ukraine, and this has been going on, of course, for some time. And the Western world has pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed against Russia. And I'm not excusing any of this. And I don't wanna get into the politics of all this. All I'm saying is, is there's been this big push and now they've pushed back and you have a, you have a, a nation here, Russia, with, uh, under the direction of Putin and they're, they're being pushed uh, to limits and, and, and so forth with energy and financially and all these different things that are coming upon the people of Ukraine and, and, um, and all of this with the threat of nuclear war and so many people are fearful. And if, depending on how, these things are, are reacted to and wisdom with leadership and all of this with, with the world system. This could affect everybody. And yet, as I look through society today, people are very fearful about these things. Um, and, and Christian, um, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And it doesn't mean that we don't fear anything. It doesn't mean that we, we don't have afraid, uh, we, we don't get afraid, but we don't have a spirit of fear. 
Uh, many of God's people are not living, conquering, victorious lives because we're living in fear. We read out of Luke 21 a minute ago, but write this reference down. Luke 21, 9, Jesus said this, but when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. The Christian does not need to be terrified at all the things that are happening in the world. Um, fear in someone's life becomes controlling and it becomes a dominating power. And in many cases, it's paralyzing. Uh, you know how I know that the world is fearful? Some of the reactions from fear, the things that we use to express fear, one of the great ones is anger. When people are fearful, they get angry. When people are, when people are fearful, they react with rage. Uh, it's that fight or flight. Some people, when they get fearful, they just shut down and go into a state of depression. They withdraw from everyone and everything and they turn to solitude and, and, and loneliness and, and this darkness envelops them and they go into a great state of sadness and discouragement. Uh, some people go into great states of anxiety and what we talked about last week with worry. And, and I wanna tell you that that is not the life that a believer should be living in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, when you hear of these wars and these commotions, be not terrified. Uh, we're told over and over and over again in the scripture, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Paul said in Philippians chapter one and verse 28, write this reference down, and in nothing be terrified by your adversaries. In nothing be terrified by your adversaries. He would write later in that same book, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, be careful or full of care for nothing. So Paul was really uh, preaching and, 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 and uh, exhorting the people of Philippi to not be fearful of their adversaries. We hear all the way through the scripture, fear not, fear not, be not afraid, be not dismayed. Uh, only be courageous and all of that. Uh, and if you wanna be successful at anything in the natural world, uh, anything in this natural world, at sports or at your job and so forth, if you're gonna be successful, you have to be confident. And it is that much more important to be confident in the spiritual world. Look back at our passage of scripture here in 2 Timothy 1 and look at verse 6. Paul said to Timothy, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, Christians need to be confident. This is the confidence that we have, not in ourselves, but in him. This life of confident faith that our God is able. In 1933, President Roosevelt said this great statement, we have nothing to fear but, finish it there at home, we have nothing to fear but, right, fear itself. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. It's a good statement and it was a rousing charge at that time for, for, for the president at a very crucial time in American history. But, but I don't agree with that in its totality. Why? Because fear is not totally bad. There are some good fears. Uh, I remember my first funeral that I ever conducted. It was, uh, I was a youth pastor. I was brand new out of college. And 
I, um, I went to the, the cemetery and one of the young um, teenagers in my youth group, his father that he barely knew had passed away. He was a truck driver and he had been in the Air Force many years ago. So he had a military service. And so we met right up here at, at Denver at the, at the cemetery there, the National Cemetery there in Denver. And we're, we're having an outdoor service in one of those pavilions. And the military sergeant came over to me and he said, Reverend, I mean, I was all of 20. He said, Reverend, when you finish with your part, uh, then we'll take it from there and do our part. And I said, okay. And I never asked them what their part was. I should have known better. I, I knew what their part was, but I was so worried about my part, I didn't think about their part. And so I did my message. I brought a message of the gospel and comfort to the people. And then I, uh, I bowed my head for prayer and I stood at the head of the casket with my head bowed, my eyes closed, and uh, it was time for their part. And let me tell you, um, they fired off the 21 gun salute. And I remember, <laughs> I had my head bowed, my eyes closed, and when that boom, I went straight to the ground in front of everybody. And it scared me. Now I wanna tell you, when people start shooting, uh, you better have a reaction. It's okay, that's a healthy fear. Uh, there's a healthy fear. Some fear is good for you. Um, you need, you need to, there are some things that you ought to be afraid of. It makes you cautious, it makes you careful, it makes you, contemplative. It makes you focus um, and so forth. And there are spiritual fears that we ought to fear. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 says, fear not them who kill the body, but are able to, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in, in hell. Um, if you fear meeting God, that is a good fear. That is a motivating fear. Uh, some people say, you know, I don't believe you ought to use fear tactics to win people to Christ. Friend, listen, I'd rather uh, scare you out of hell than to cuddle you into hell. And uh, uh, that's, that's what Jesus said. Fear him that is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Proverbs 1 and verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, the fear of God is... Um, is defined this way. It is defined as a reverential trust. It is love on its knees. Um, someone once said, he who fears God the most loves God the best. Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. Psalm 19 and verse nine, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Psalm 89 and verse seven, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. And so there are some healthy fears there are some healthy fears that we ought to have that help protect us both in the physical world and in the spiritual realm. But there is something that Paul talks about here is not just fear, but he says a spirit of fear. This is an abnormal fear. This is a, a fear that I believe is somewhat demonic. It is a oppressive fear. It is a fear that, um, that controls our life. And um, this is something that the devil uses in the lives of the believer to, to captivate their minds and focus them on unhealthy fears. Listen, this world is in bondage to fear, the fear of death. That's exactly how we've seen governments wield power in the past is when you get the people in a fearful state. And so fear is a manipulator. It is a, it is a, a tool that Satan uses. And this is the kind of fear 
that is an oppressive fear. It is a demonic fear. It is a, a fear that is irrational. And, and this is a fear that overtakes us by this spirit of fear. And God did not send that to you. And I wanna give you a couple things very quickly that we can, that we can help win the battle with fear. I wanna show you some things that will identify what this fear does. First of all, this fear causes us to forget. Now write that down. Fear causes us to forget. Uh, look at verse number six of 2 Timothy chapter one. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. Look back at chapter, look at chapter one, verse five. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. You, you see how Paul is reminding him over and over again. Paul's reminding him, reminding him. I wanna remind you of this. Why? Because Timothy had this spirit of fear. He had a very unhealthy fear. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but fear causes you to forget. When you get fixated on fear, you forget everything else. Fear can cause you to overlook so many blessings. Here, Timothy had this great heritage of faith from his mother and grandmother. He had the gift of God, the calling of God to, to ministry and as a pastor that Timothy was given by the laying on of hands with Paul, this ordination and this, this laying on of hands and setting him apart for the gospel ministry. Timothy had all of that and yet Timothy had forgotten what was in him. Now remember, he's not just young Timothy anymore from 1 Timothy. This is now in 2 Timothy, Paul writing the very last letter he would write and he's reminding Timothy to stir up this gift that has been settled into the bottom of your heart. It's deep down in the bottom of the dish. It's, it's been compressed to the bottom of your heart because you've been overtaken by fear. Timothy had a great spiritual, spiritual heritage. His mother and his grandmother had unfeigned faith. They were living out this faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in front of a, a godless world. Remember when Paul was stoned at Lystra, he went back there and that's where he met young Timothy again. And Timothy was saved. We'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks in the book of Acts, but chapter 16. Uh, and so, but he had this great heritage of true believers in his grandmother and mother and he had been raised in this and he had come to know it and come to know Christ personally. He had had a great spiritual experience in his own salvation and then the calling of God that was upon him. But Timothy had forgotten all of that. He had forgotten all of that because he was focused on fear. And when you focus on fear, you become blind to your blessings. I remember many years ago taking an evangelist up on Pike's Peak. He wanted to go see the beauties of Pikes Peak and visit America's mountain. And so I drove him up there. Well, he didn't realize there were gonna be switchbacks and thousand foot drops and we're on a gravel road and he was from the flatlands and, and we started driving up there. And I'll tell you this evangelist, and he was a big old boy. He was on the floorboard of my car and he was whimpering like a little baby. He, he, he was down on the floor with his head between his knees and he was scared to death, perspiration. And let me tell you what happened. He missed every beautiful overlook and all the scenery that you can see from up on that majestic mountain. He missed all of that because he was fixated on fear. 
Fear covers your sky. Fear pulls clouds over today's sunshine. I heard one old preacher say, fear licks the glaze off your donut. And that's the way it, it works. It takes all the joy and the zest out of life because it causes us to close our eyes to all the goodness and blessings of God. And we are focused on the darkness and the enveloping power of fear. Fear causes you, number one, to forget. Number two, fear causes you to fail. Fear causes failure. Paul was writing this in prison. And Paul was a prisoner now in Rome and he was shortly to be executed. He had been through all kinds of adversity in his life. And notice what happened in verse eight. Look at 2 Timothy 1.8. He said, Timothy, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Timothy was failing to proclaim the gospel for fear that he would end up like Paul. He had been arrested by this fear. Now, here's the thing. Paul was in prison and he was chained in prison about to face the executioner. And Timothy was out free in the real world behind the pulpit, Paul in prison, Timothy in the pulpit, and yet Timothy is ashamed to take a stand for Christ. Uh, when you are arrested by fear, fear will close your mouth. Fear will paralyze you from doing the things that you ought to do, and it will cause you to fail in your calling. Uh, think about this for just a minute. I think in this case, if you notice this, Paul the prisoner was more free than Timothy the free man. Who was really the prisoner here? Paul was bold and free in this prison. Timothy was in a prison of his own making and he was fearful. Uh, fear causes you to fail. I believe that many gifts in the church are being unused because Christians are fearful of using them. Do you remember the, the story of the man in Matthew 25 who gave uh, the talents to his servants? And he gave to one, one talent, and another, another five talents, and another 10 talents. And he said, I'm gonna give an account of that when, when I get back. And when the man came back, the one who had 10 had made 10 more. The one who had five had made um, five more. And the one who had the one, he had buried it. Remember what the one said? He said, I knew that thou art an austere man. I knew that, and I feared, and I buried my talent. And I believe fear has caused so many Christians to bury their talents and not use their spiritual gifts. And the work of God in many ways has been shortcutted and hindered because God's people have been paralyzed and prisoners of fear. And so here's Timothy. Timothy is fearful. He's forgotten this great heritage that he has. He's forgotten his calling. He's forgotten the gift of God that is in him. And he's failing to do what God has commanded him to do. He's failing in ministry. Why? Because he is full of fear. Fear. 
I'm so grateful for the pioneers of the past, men who ventured out into uncharted territories and new worlds. I mean, listen, things have changed over the years and the world will always be changing. Things always change and God's people are going to have to confront new territories and new devils and new uh, obstacles and new adversaries. And we've got to be bold people. Uh, before it was it was Egypt and then it was the wilderness and then it was the Amalek and then it was uh, the Canaanites. And over and over and over and over again, God's people face new challenges and new frontiers and new territories. And let me tell you, they, they oftentimes failed because they were fearful. And when they succeeded, it was because they were faithful. And so tonight, I want you to understand, fear causes you to forget. Fear causes you to fail. Very quickly, fear causes frailty. It causes frailty. Now, I want you to take your Bible very quickly, and I want you to look back at 1 Timothy chapter 4. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8. Paul writing to young Timothy, who I think had this fear in him from a long time. I think he was prone to this. But look at chapter four and verse eight of 1 Timothy. For bodily exercise, Timothy, profiteth little. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. We ought to do it, but it doesn't, it doesn't store up a lot of profit. You can exercise for a year, two years, get in the great shape of your life, stop exercising for a couple of weeks, and when you come back to it, it's like you never did it in the beginning. It just doesn't lay up a lot of profit. Now, I think it's profitable. It just you doesn't give much profit. But watch this. He says, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. What was Paul telling Timothy? I think Timothy had uh, had some stress. I think he had some fear. I think he was under the pressure and this fear. And so Timothy was going out and taking it out as a young man through physical exercise. And, and Paul was saying, Timothy, that's good, but it's not profitable. That's not going to overcome. Physical exercise isn't gonna overcome spiritual difficulties. I think we all ought to be in good physical shape. But listen, much greater to be in godly shape and, and exercise ourselves in godliness and faithfulness to overcome these spiritual battles. Timothy had become weakened in his body and so he was exercising to try to build back up from the anxiety and the stress and the fear that he was encountering. Look over at chapter five and verse 23 of 1 Timothy. Paul says to young Timothy, drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine off infirmities. Uh, Timothy had some kind of digestive issues and stomach problems, probably from a nervous stomach and a fearful stomach and anxiety. And he had perhaps ulcers and, and he had these infirmities. And so Paul was saying, hey, lay off the water. You're, you're there in, in, in places where maybe the water's not healthy for you right now. Lay off of that. It's, it may be causing some of your issues and drink a little wine. Now, some people have used this to, to be a, a promotion for drinking uh, intoxicating beverages. But listen, the last thing you wanna put on an open wound in your stomach is alcohol. Paul wasn't writing a joke to Timothy and saying, hey, I know how to cure your ulcers, your ulcers, throw some alcohol on it. No, he was talking about some healing juices and healing fruits and wine from the vine, the fruit of the vine. He said, take a little of that. That'll help you get some medicinal, nutritional value on your stomach. And the point of this is, Timothy had weakened his physical body because of fear. I think Timothy had some chronic illnesses of stress and anxiety 
simply because he did not handle his fear well. And when he was younger, he could he could kind of push through it. But as he got older, it just enveloped him in a constant spirit of fear. Now, you know, doctors will tell us that nearly all digestive problems are emotional. Like Timothy was failing to witness. He was forgetting God's blessings because he was often sick. One doctor uh, wrote this. He was a leading American um, uh, internal doctor. He said this. He said, in spite of what they say, 90% of chronic cases seen by today's physicians have one common problem. Their trouble did not start with a cough or a chest pain. Their first symptom was worry and fear. That's why the Bible said in the last days, men's hearts will be failing them for fear when the nations are so perplexed. One of the great signs of the last days is a nation overwhelmed with fear. And I wanna tell you, fear is like sand in machinery. You get a little sand in a machine and it'll wear the mechanisms down. And faith is like oil in that machine. It lubricates and allows things to run smoothly. Uh, I'm gonna finish this next Sunday night, but I wanna give this to you. We're gonna give you some solutions to fear, but I wanna tell you tonight, many people are battling fear and many Christians are battling fear and we're losing this battle and waging war on this battle with the wrong kind of weapons. Many of us are medicating it in bad ways. We're we're not taking care of our diets. We're not taking care of our, of our physical bodies. All those things are important, but more importantly than that, we're not taking care of our spiritual man by renewing our minds every day and coming before the Lord and, and, and walking in his presence and living a life drawn by faith in the Lord and having firmness and faith and confidence in Christ. We gotta get back in the word of God and fill our lives with faith. You think of the men who, who accomplished so much for the Lord. These were men who had boldness in the face of adversity. And we're living in an age and a time right now where it is of paramount importance that God's people not be fearful, but we be faithful. Faith will cause you to forget. Hey, or fear will cause you to forget. Sit down tonight. And just write down the blessings, count your blessings, sit down, make a list of of the blessings of God in your life and look at how God has been good to you. Take an account of your own physical well-being. Is faith zapping you of strength? Or fear, rather, is fear taking away your strength? Sit down and take an evaluation of your physical well-being. How are you doing uh, with, with, with handling fear and worry? And, and then, and then uh, fear will cause us to uh, fail. How are you doing with your spiritual gifts? Are, are you not witnessing because you're afraid? Are you not singing in church uh, in, a, in a group or, 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 or involved with that because you've got this talent, you've got this gift, but you're not using it because of fear? Uh, there are things that you could be doing and serving in children's ministries and working in different places within the church and, and starting a ministry and, 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 and coming alongside of someone else and being a part of a small group. And maybe you're not going into an into a adult Bible fellowship for fear of other people. And maybe you've not taken a step to, to get baptized because of fear. Fear will cause you to fail. 
Let's overcome that. We're going to give you some tools next Sunday night on how to overcome this fear. And I want you to see it. But I want you tonight looking inwardly and say, Lord, have I allowed a spirit of fear? That didn't come from you. That didn't come from you, God. And so I want to, I want to find victory and I want to help you with that. Let's, let's live faithful lives, not fearful lives. Father, I pray tonight that you'll speak very clearly to every, every person listening tonight. I pray that every heart would be um, in tune with the Holy Spirit in their own life, that you'll make this right down to the, to the very minute detail, very personal to every person. And Lord, point out where we're finding these fears. Paul many times faced these fears. He said, without were fightings and within were fears. But how did he overcome that? Lord, through faith we overcome. And I pray that you'll help your people to draw close to you with strong confidence in the Lord and we can find victory and be a people who can declare with boldness and confidence the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that you'll give our people the strength in 